number of weeks we've been looking at this whole idea of stewardship. It's all his. It's all God's. And today we kind of bring our series to a conclusion. Um, the, key, the key text, if you like, that's kind of been guiding and shaping our, our talks each week has been this Psalm 24, verse 1, and the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So when it comes to stewardship, it's not a question of how much do I need to give to God, but in fact a recognition that everything that we have is from God and that ultimately the question therefore is how do we be faithful with what he has given to us? Um, just a reminder that stewardship is the responsibility of managing some assets or affairs or property of someone else. So there's a sense that we are managers of God's good gifts that he has given to us. We began by considering the parable of the talents and those who were faithful with the talents and used them wisely and doubled um, the master's talents were given this, com- this uh, commending statement, well done, good and faithful servant. So the driving question for us each week has been, what does it mean to be faithful stewards with the resources God has given us? We began by looking at our money and possessions, acknowledging that these are a gift from God that everything that we have, even the ability to earn, is a gift from God. Um, A key verse that we considered was Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats brim over with new wine. So the concept that we spoke about significantly that day was this whole idea of honouring God, honouring God, giving him the first fruits. We talked about some kingdom priorities around our, the way that we earn, the way that we give, the way that we save, the way that we own, and the way that we spend. And just some guidelines there to help us thoughtfully do that in a way that honours the Lord with our wealth. And wealth is a word that can be used for money and possessions together. We then spoke about our time and energy, recognising that time is probably our greatest gift um, we, can't, we can't produce more of it. Unlike money and possessions that we can, in fact, get more of, we can't get any more time than what we're all allocated, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We recognised at that time that we have varying levels and degrees of energy um, depending on our life circumstance, our age, our health and so forth. But the question is a very personal one and the recognition is that for each of us, Depending on the amount of time and energy we have, God is calling us to certain things. And we need to be attentive to God to ensure that we're being wise stewards with our time and energy based on what he's called us to do and to be at this time and season in our lives. We talked about the fact that we each have enough time to do that which God has called us to do right now. And so if we feel as though we're too busy, if we don't have enough time, then we may need to examine and reconsider how we're using our time. And one of the suggestions was made to consider doing a bit of a time audit to consider where all of our time goes. We often have a a money or a financial budget that kind of helps us manage our money. But do we do the same with our time? And so that was an encouragement that was given. A key verse that we looked at that week was Romans 12.1, where Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. It's a very physical practice of outworking of our worship as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
So to be faithful stewards in our worship of God with our time and energy, we talked about prioritizing the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God, making the kingdom of God our primary priority. Doing everything, whatever it is that we do, doing it unto the Lord. And then the third principle there was about around embracing rest and play as an active um, call to faithful stewardship, that God actually models this for us in creation. And part of resting is demonstrating that we are not God, that God is in control and that everything will still continue without us. And God didn't say that we were to work for 48, 48 weeks and take four off, but in fact we are to take a day off every week and to be renewed and refreshed. And so we talked about the time and energy. And so today we're going to finish our series by considering our gifts and abilities, those things that God has given us, the spiritual and the natural gifts and abilities and how we are faithfully using those for God's kingdom. We're going to look at some passages um, that speak about gifts from 1 Corinthians, from Romans 12, from uh, 1 Timothy and 1 Peter. The apostles have much to say about our gifts and abilities and how they are being used for God's kingdom. And I kind of, again, a little bit like the time and energy, we have three key thoughts to, to anchor our understanding in. And the first one is this, to understand that every gift and ability that you and I have is from God. Every gift and ability that you and I have is from God. Often we might break it into categories. We'll say, well, the spiritual gifts, yes, they're from God, but my natural abilities, well, they're things that I have over time developed through training and practice. Well, let's have a look and seek to understand what the Bible has to say about this. We read in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 9, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And it's that final... It's that final line there that I want to highlight. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Every person is assigned by God through his Holy Spirit a spiritual gift. And the purpose of that gift is for the building up of the body. You may not feel as though you can identify or know what your spiritual gift is. That doesn't mean that you don't have one. Each of us has a spiritual gift that has been assigned to us from God. When it comes to natural abilities, as I mentioned earlier, we might tend to attribute our spiritual gifts, and some of us would be quick to say, yes, I've done a, a shape test or a spiritual gift test, and through the years of ministry service, people have identified this gift in me. 
we, we may not necessarily attribute those natural talents, those natural abilities to God. But I would actually want to suggest that that's not true. We see a couple of, a couple of examples in Exodus where we can see that God is the giver of even our natural abilities. So here in Exodus 31, God is giving Moses instructions about the building of the tabernacle. And the Lord says to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Bezalel was what is known as a master craftsman. He was a very skilled and talented person when it came to working with his hands. And these are gifts that we would naturally consider to be abilities that a person is either naturally gifted in. You know, some of us are more naturally gifted in different areas to others. But also there are those who have spent a lifetime or or several years training and practicing and perfecting a particular art form or craft form. And, And in that situation, we may be quick to attribute that gifting to the person's hard work. But we can see here that it was God who gifted Bezalel with his gift of craftsmanship. Earlier in the book of Exodus, uh, when Moses is, in a sense, kind of bargaining with God, God is going to send Moses to confront Pharaoh over the captivity of his people. And Moses is complaining to God about his inability to speak. And this is the Lord's reply to Moses. The Lord said to him, "'Who gave human beings their mouths?' Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So even just being able to speak is something that is given to us from God. So the first thing for us to understand when it comes to our gifts and abilities is that every gift and ability you have, your spiritual gifts, but also your natural abilities are given to us, are given to you, from God. The second thing is that we are to use our gifts and abilities for the serving of others. The purpose of these gifts is not to just become better at something for ourselves, but it is in fact to build up and to serve others. In Romans 12, we read this, for the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. In accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I find it so helpful, as Pam referred to at the start of the service, the image of the body. The image of the body that every single part has a role to play. 
In Paul's message to the Romans, the first thing that we need to, I guess, be reminded of there is that word sober judgment. The word sober judgment. You know, some of us might feel as though we're really competent and gifted at a lot of things. Well, the, the word to you is to have a sober judgment and to remember that you are but one part of the body. There are others of us who, in fact, would say, I'm not good at anything. I don't have any special gifts or abilities. I can't see at all where God has gifted me. I have nothing to offer. And the word to you is to have a sober judgment, to believe the truth of the scriptures that say that we all have been assigned a gift by God from his Holy Spirit and that perhaps that gift might be dormant, but the gift is there and it is there to be used. The other thing that I love about this image of the body is whilst so we, we can all kind of relate, we all have a body, like every person in this room has a body and we know that our bodies have different parts and each of those parts have different functions and some of those parts seem more significant than others, but God has designed our bodies in such a way that even something as simple as a, a little finger nail has purpose and has meaning. You know, you might be the hand gifting of this body. And if this body is, doesn't have the hand, then our, our limit, our, our reach lim- is limited. Um, you might be a leg gift in this body. Um, and if you're missing from the body, then we're hopping around. Uh, but whatever your gifting is, no matter how prominent or insignificant in the overall sense of the body, it's, it's all necessary. And your gift is necessary, and it's part of the body of Christ here. First Peter, um, the Apostle Peter also has something to say about this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. There's an interesting sequence in this passage from Peter. And the first thing is to recognise that we have received the gifts from God. The gifts come from God. They're not something that we can attain ourselves or or kind of work hard to receive ourselves. They are gifts. (laughs) And the whole idea of a gift is that it is given freely to another person. So a gift is given from God. Secondly, the purpose of the gift is to be used to serve others. As I mentioned earlier, the gifts are not for ourselves and not bettering ourselves. We're not to hoard the gifts to ourselves. We're to share them freely with others for the good of the body. The gifts in themselves are gifts of God's grace. They're a gift of God's grace. So here is an expression of God's graciousness in gifting gifts to the body of Christ. The next sequence is whatever your gift is, do it with excellence. Peter sort of quite helpfully breaks the gifts down into these two segments, either the gift of speaking, which covers a lot of the gifts, if you like, the gift of the, or the gift of words. That could be prophecy, that could be prayer, it could be teaching, it could be leadership, it could be encouragement. There are lots of gifts that require words. And Peter's saying, if you have the gift of words, speak as if you're speaking the very words of God. In other words, do your gift with excellence. 
And the other category is service. Um, it's sort of the more practical. And, and, and many of us would identify as being more practical people. You know, I'm a more practical person. The way I serve the body is through practical gifts. And that's completely validated um, in the scriptures. And so if you're a more practical person, then do your practical tasks to the very best of your ability and your capacity for this very reason. The better we do the gifts that God has given us, the more praise and glory goes to him. You see the end there? To him be the glory and the power forever. The more we use our gifts to serve one another and the more we develop and use our gifts, the more praise and glory God receives. We often might think about this idea of I have the gift of encouragement or I have the gift of hospitality or I have the gift of um, caring or prayer or whatever it might be. Perhaps a more helpful way to think about it. But see, when we say that I have the gift of, it, we're, in a sense, it's becoming much more about me. A helpful way for us to approach this is to say, I am the gift of. The purpose of your gift is not for you, it's for others. I am the gift of encouragement for this body. I am the gift of hospitality for this body. And as you reframe that, it, it helpfully starts to help you understand that the purpose of the gift God has given you is a gift for the body of Christ in which you are a part. Each of us is a gift right here, right now for this church family. Each of us has something meaningful and worthwhile to contribute that's part of God's plan for what he wants to do with the people of Erina. So we're to use our gifts and abilities to serve others. The third thing is that we are to develop our gifts and abilities. We're not just to become mediocre with them, just to accept, well, that's my gift and therefore I'm not going to do a lot with it. We're to develop it. We see Paul encouraging Timothy in um, chapter 4, verse 13. Do not neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Sometimes we can become tempted to neglect the gift that God has given us. Maybe we feel as though we've, we've served for long enough. Or maybe we've, we look out and we can't see an area that we could use that gift in. And so we just stop and we, we kind of put it to rest. But the encouragement is do not neglect the gift you have given, God has given you. He goes on in another um, chapter where Paul is speaking to Timothy. He says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, there's this, there was obviously a time when Paul and elders laid hands on Timothy and from what we can read in the scriptures, Timothy probably had the gifts of leadership and the gifts of teaching, maybe the gift of encouragement. Uh, but what Paul is saying is, yes, you have these gifts, but fan them into flame. Don't neglect them. So I think the same can be said for each one of us. Whatever gift God has given you, don't neglect it and fan it into flame. Keep developing that gift. Oftentimes we might be tempted to try and work and build on those areas of weakness. But in fact, what we see here is that we are to continually develop and build on those areas of strength. You know why? Because that's the area that the body most needs. That's the area that the body most needs. So whatever your gifting is, fan it into flame. Maximize your strengths.
So when we, can, when we think about our gifts and abilities, we need to first of all understand that every gift and ability is from God. It is from Him to us. We're to use our gifts and abilities to serve others. And finally, we're to develop our gifts and abilities. And the more we do, the more praise and glory will go to God and the body will function as Christ designed it to. Uh, a number of years ago, Rick Warren with Saddleback Church developed what's known as the shape test, and it's become um, available in all kinds of different formats. And it's really helpful because it, it not only takes a person's spiritual gifts and their natural abilities, but it also includes things like your heart, the things that you really care deeply about, that you're passionate about. It takes into account your personality, and it also takes into account the different experiences that you've had. And when you discover all of these things and put them together, then the idea is that you really start to get a sense of what God's purpose for you is in life and in ministry. Many of you may, over the years, have completed some type of spiritual gifts test or even a shape test. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you to consider doing so. And there are a number of different ways that you can go about this. Um, the first is before Pastor Terry for group leaders uh, wrote a study called Understanding Motivational Gifts. And this is a bit of a self-guided assessment on what your spiritual gifts are. So this little study booklet here just relates to your spiritual gifts. Very helpful. There's a big pile of them in the foyer. And I've made them available for you today if you'd like to take one home and then have a look at that. Another resource that is available to us is this very helpful study called Wired for Purpose. Uh, Brian Shirley authored this, and it's a, a wonderful book that goes through um, discovering your shape. So it looks more holistically, not just at your spiritual gifts, but as I've mentioned here, your personality, your characteristics, the experiences and so forth, and your heart. This, is, this book has been designed primarily to be done in a group context. So maybe you're part of a growth group or maybe you're part of a small group of, of other believers. This would be a valuable resource to consider working through together. And if you would like a copy of this, then please just, please just ask Brian or myself and we'd be more than happy to offer that to you. Finally, there are lots of resources available on the internet. And I had a look through and, and there are many, but this one looks very good. It's called freeshapetest.com. You can literally go home and do it today uh, in, in, in the privacy of your own home. And there's a, a little clip that we're going to watch about this, freeshapetest.com, just to encourage us. So we'll, let's watch that together now.
think that's very helpful there. So if that is something that interests you, the encouragement there is to go on to freeshapetest.com, take the test, you'll receive a report, and then the encouragement is to email it to a church leader. So I'd be very happy to receive that and have a conversation with you. Um, or there may be another leader in the church that you're more comfortable with having that conversation with. But I just invite you to pursue uh, discovering what your unique gifts are for the body of Christ and let's, let's employ those gifts um, for the benefit of the whole body and the glory of God's name. Let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the brief and yet important opportunity we've had over these past few weeks to consider this idea of stewardship, that everything, Lord, belongs to you, and you're calling us to be people who are faithful with all that you've given us, that we might use our money and possessions, our time and energy, our gifts and abilities for the service of others and the building up of your kingdom here on earth. I pray, Lord, that for each person, your Holy Spirit might grant conviction and clarity and encouragement around which of these areas in particular we could pay more attention to. Thank you, Lord, for some of the practical tools that have been offered, and I pray that we would take advantage of these uh, in furthering our desire to become faithful stewards of your gifts and resources made available to us. Our Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word and we thank you for all that we can learn from it. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a people who don't just hear or read your word and then go away and forget about it, but that, Lord, we would indeed be those who read your word, who actively engage with it by your spirit and who seek to faithfully live it out to the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his name's sake. Amen.